Welcome to episode 281 of the Rugby League Republic podcast with your hosts, Tish and Dr. T. In this episode, we discuss the latest Melbourne Storm controversy, Panthers' chances for a three-peat, Wally Lewis, and much more. Join us as we build a rugby league community for all. The Rugby League Republic podcast starts right now. Welcome to episode 281 of the Rugby League Republic podcast, where we aim to bring you the everyday fans' perspective on the greatest game of all, Rugby League. This is Rugby League for the people. I'm your co-host, Dr. T. Joining me is Tish. Tish, how are you doing this week? Dr. T, I'm good. Um, The Matildas won, um, and uh, the NRL has been awesome. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you got to you got to lead with the the most important uh, story, and it's uh, it's got to be the Matildas at the moment. Um, even though it's not a rugby league story, I think it's uh, yeah. yeah. There's a there's a lot to be said for how how they're um, well. You know, women's women's rugby league at the moment is is booming as well. A uh, oh. lot of interest, a lot of household names becoming. Interesting to see how many of the Matildas are household names compared to how many of the the um, what are we calling them the uh, the, uh, the the NRLW yeah. players? But no, what's the what are the Aussies called? I keep forgetting. Uh, Matildas, right? No, no, the oh, um, the Jillaroos. Are you talking about the G- yeah, yeah, the Jillaroos? That's it in in mm. the rugby league. Yeah, be interesting to see whether you know. Obviously, the Matildas. There's a lot of uh, you know Sam Kerr and stuff like that. But there's uh, a few others in in the rugby league circles. I think are, are becoming you know very common names as well and very familiar to lots of people. The more exposure we get to the women's game, the better. So yeah. um, you know, there's definitely some positives that we can take from what's happening in the soccer realm. Mm. Um, but yeah, so look, World Cup yeah. aside, there is a lot of well, stuff maybe happening in rugby one of league. These, uh, one of these Matildas or um you know, uh, Jill Brew can one day be as famous as Arantxa Sanchez Vicario. Look, that's the pinnacle, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's either is. that or Gabriella Sabatini. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Or... And Steffi Graf and Monica Sellis. It's uh, why are we talking tennis players? I'm not sure. <laughs> not sure. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, look, um, yeah, look, there's a lot happening in the world. Back to the world of rugby league, there's a lot happening. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're gonna we're gonna go through a few uh, topics. There's some controversy. There's some uh, with the Melbourne Storm. There's some uh, yeah, a discussion about the Panthers, what their future looks like. Uh, there's been some comments made by some. Uh, in the media and analysts are about that, and and um, it's you know it's got got a few of the current NRL teams, not the not the Panthers, uh, up in arms a little bit about it, um, but um, and then also there's a little bit of sad news about Wally Lewis as well. We wanted to touch on towards the end, but look, without any further ado, let's get stuck into it. Here we go, tackle number one, the round twenty two review.
All right, round 22 was uh, started with the Broncos, 32-10 to 10 over the Roosters at the Gabba on Thursday night in front of about 22,000 almost fans. Uh, the Rabbitohs, 32-18 to 18 over the West Tigers at Scully Park in front of 10,000 or so fans. Melbourne Storm smashed the Eels 46 to 16 at Marvel Stadium in front of 20,000 or so fans on Friday evening. Then we saw the Newcastle Knights on Super Saturday 28 to 6 over Canberra at GO Stadium in front of 15,000 Canberrans. 24 to 18 was Manly over the Dragons at Wind Stadium in front of 14,000 or so fans. And the Saturday, Super Saturday, ended with the Panthers 28 to nil shutout of the Sharks at Bluebet Stadium in front of 20,000 or so Panthers fans there. Sunday, we saw uh, the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs uh, 23 to 22 over the Dolphins at Salter Oval in front of a pretty small crowd of 5,000 or so. And then finally, we saw the Titans uh, 22. Upsetting the Cowboys 13 at Seabus Super Stadium in front of 16,500 or so fans. New Zealand Warriors had the bye. And uh, look, in, if I'm um, allow me to go first, Tish, I, I would say the, the Titans yeah. over the Cowboys is a pretty important result. Um, it, it sort of mucks up a lot of people's tipping. Mm. <laughs> I think people thought the Cowboys were, were back baby. Uh, they were, you know, strengthening mm. to be one of the premiership favourites. And then all of a sudden, the Titans, who aren't in the top eight, um, <laughs> decided to spoil the party. Um, I think that that hit a lot of people for six. I think they didn't realise that um, the Titans – I think I tipped the Titans. I thought – you know, there is uh, something about the Cowboys uh, that they're, they're still a little bit inconsistent at the moment. Um, but to me, uh, look, the Bulldogs over the Dolphins, um, you know, they need any help they can get. And, yeah, the Dolphins aren't top eight just yet. But, you know, they're, they're, they've been going well this year, I think it's fair to say. And, uh, and look, the importance of a seemingly innocuous Matt Burton field goal just before half time to make it I think it was 11 eight or some some strange <laughs> halftime score and you and you kind of thought what is uh, what is the point of that that is uh, un- irrelevant well it ended up being the the difference at the end and um, you know right at the end I think uh, the dolphins sort of had a bit of a comeback try they needed a goal to win it it was very exciting but they couldn't do it and uh it was from pretty much 10 in from the sideline to convert a try it would have won them the game but that matt burden innocuous field goal just before half time was the difference proved the difference and uh you know just goes to show that um what Phil Good used to say, you know, never, never take a, never, never go for a field goal before halftime. Well, doesn't always, uh, <laughs> you know, that's probably not a good piece of advice because uh, Matt Burton uh, went against that and it ended up getting them the two points. So, well done to the Bulldogs. Um, you know, from my perspective as well, the Eels. I don't know what's going on. Mm. Uh, extremely disappointed that. They've just completely lost the plot um, and are very, very inconsistent at this point. When a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how they were winning every game and and it was going really well, and now all of a sudden they've just lost their bundle. They've, I think, they've had a lot going on with with uh, Dylan Brown situation, but also lots of suspensions and random things happening, injuries. So um, you know, it doesn't help that you got Reagan Campbell Gillard and people like that just 
been suspended for four weeks or whatever it is. So it's um, pretty disappointing, to say the least, uh, as an Eels fan, but I'm hoping they can turn around. But look, to me, yeah, the highlights or the, or the, the, the big kind of moments really belong to the Bulldogs and the Titans this weekend. What about you? Yeah, well, yeah, Dr. T, I think you touched on a game that I wanted to touch on, but I think you're absolutely right. I think the Titans, I mean, I tipped the Cowboys. I thought the Titans season is over um, and, the, you know, the Cowboys, I think that they were on a winning streak, right? So I think they broke mm. uh, a six-game winning streak of the Cowboys. And then so the Titans, um, you know, they've got slim chances of making the eight still. Uh, they're in the hunt. Uh, they're sitting at 12th um, and uh, I like, you know, they've had, well, they've had uh, you know eleven losses, right? To uh, to eight wins, so so you know probably not the best position. But look, I mean they they can still charge, right? And then um and then obviously yeah, Parramatta losing, they're sitting at eleventh. Um, with yeah, <laughs> but it is interesting because you know teams six down to ten, they've all had nine losses, and the difference between them is obviously for and against, and the number of games they played, considering that we have buys, right? So yeah. I still think that even teams at 11 and 12, like the Titans and the Eels, uh, can still get there. But obviously, it depends on how the different, um, you know, all the, game, all the teams that need a buy. I think the Eels still have a buy left, plus all the, um, you know, games coming up. It's going to be interesting. And then, look, I've got to say the Knights uh, upsetting the Raiders for me. I mean, I thought the Raiders had been doing pretty well. And I thought the Raiders, I mean, they were uh, sitting in third position not that long ago. And now they've, you know, sort of uh, moved out of the top eight with that loss, um, you know, to the Knights, who seem to also be on a roll a little bit. You know, the Knights have also sort of, um, you know, their, four, their form is four, four wins in a row, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> um, you know, as good as, um, as, good as uh, you know, the Panthers and the Broncos at the moment um, who are uh, leading the ladder. So, Look, I've got to say, um, you know, with with uh, not that long to go now, before uh, about a month away from from the finals, uh, you know, we're coming up to what round twenty three, um, so not that many rounds left, and still pretty wide open as to how the top eight's going to sit. I think that's uh, I think that's the most exciting thing about the results out of the games. And uh, yeah, look, I've got to say, uh, it was so enjoyable to watch the Cowboys and the Titans play. I really think they play really good brand of football and I think in general I think it's been quite enjoyable to watch the NRL this season I think I think the the style of play apart from the Tigers everybody else has been playing great guns so uh, well done to all the teams absolutely and let me just sort of go through the ladder as well just to confirm um, we've got the Panthers and Broncos equal first on 34 points Warriors and Storm equal on 30 points Raiders on 28 points, rounding out the top five. And then we've got Rabbitohs, Sharks, and Cowboys equal on 26 points. Just outside the eight, Knights and Sea Eagles on 25, Eels on 24. And then still mathematically in the hunt, Titans, Dolphins, and Roosters on 22 points. Although you'd have to say, um, you know, and, and really Knights, Sea Eagles, and down all the way to the Roosters, you know, any loss at this point puts them further and further away from a top eight spot. So, it really is going to be difficult. And if you look at the buys, Broncos, uh, so those of those in the top eight, Broncos, Rabbitohs, and Cowboys still have a buy in hand. Uh, and for those just outside the eight, it's really only the Eels that have a buy in hand. 
Um, and then obviously round down the bottom, Bulldogs on 18 points, uh, mathematically impossible to make it. Dragons on 16, West Tigers on 12. Most likely we'll get the uh, the wooden spoon at this point. And uh, and yeah, so um, uh, look, it's 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 a it's a log jam at the top. Um, uh, and you know we'll, we'll talk in a minute about the Panthers as well um, and what their chances are to win this year. But um, but yeah, by the looks of it, there's there's a it's going to be an interesting run home. Let's put it that way. And Panthers are in the in the box seat at the moment. That's for sure. Um, all right. So shall we move on to tackle number two? Here we go. All right, tackle number two. Melbourne Storm have been embroiled in yet another controversy, which seemingly is innocuous, but um, uh, as as I'll as I'll explain, Tish uh, kind of reveals a bit of a dark undercurrent of. Uh, of attitudinal issues at the storm or people who were formerly at the storm, which I think is a really fundamental issue. So I thought we'd, we'd sort of spend a few minutes talking about it. Look, this all stemmed from the fact that prior to Friday night's clash against the eels, the storm uh, were celebrating their 25th anniversary. Um, and uh, obviously they entered the NRL in 1998. The celebrations, uh, I think, where they displayed the premierships that they had won, the trophies that they had won, included uh, the years 1999, 2007, 2009, 2012, 2017, and 2020, um, and which obviously, for those of you who are paying attention to the history of, of the NRL, realise that two of those years, 2007 and 2009, should not have been uh, lauded as you know, trophy-winning years for the Storm because they were obviously stripped of those titles for probably the biggest salary cap rorting uh, that we've ever seen in in rugby league history. Um, and so, obviously, this has uh, this. I guess suggestion the suggestion is that Melbourne Storm is bringing the game into disrepute by parading the fact that they think they won those two years when, in fact, uh, they uh, they did not. You know, technically. They were stripped of the titles. They didn't win. And one of the, um, I guess, key uh, kind of things that has come out in the media is uh, no less than Queensland coach Billy Slater coming out, um, making a very bizarre comparison to um, uh, saying to people, you know, just move on, get on with it. Just ignore the fact that, you know, if, if you don't like it, you know, forget about it. He had this bizarre comparison where he was, oh, I don't have the quote in front of me, but he was saying, um, you know, if someone walks down the street and they have a haircut that you don't like, you know, don't you don't have to turn around and say to them, I don't like your haircut. Just move on. Move on with your life kind of thing. You know, it, it has nothing to do with you. So a lot of people quite rightly have said, what does that have to do with <laughs> this situation? Um, mm. It's a very strange comment to make. But but I just wanted to raise that because I think it raises the uh, the ugly kind of scenario where you know, one of the all-time legends in rugby league, current Queensland coach, um, Billy Slater, was part of that that uh, storm era where uh, where the, the cheating and rorting occurred. Um, you know, some might say some of the big stars in particular would have known that when they have when they had signed, you know, multiple check multiple 
contracts that there is something a bit sus about that. And so I think some people morally think that they the those some of those star players don't really have um you know not casting aspersions but there's there's suggestions that you know people are saying well you must have known something was going on that it wasn't quite right when you when you signed multiple contracts um <clears throat> and so i guess this raises the issue of you know do they really think that they deserved uh those victories um the the comments i think there was a comment made as well around uh well you know we can't do do players uh records get wiped like did did those years not exist for those players and i thought that's um you know from my perspective i think tish that the way i look at it no one's saying that players didn't put in effort no one's saying that their their individual records have been scrapped because they haven't that's not the way it works what what we're saying is you know you all you know all the tries you scored in those years still count all the uh you know everything you did still counts but what doesn't count is the fact that because the team was assembled using cheating then we cannot we cannot offer you that you know we cannot give you uh the the title for that year because you didn't deserve it um you know and uh so yeah for and and this as as an eels fan having you know seen the miracle run in at the end of 2009 only to be stopped at the last hurdle by a cheating melbourne storm which we found out only months later that they were cheating i i'm i i am quite triggered by anything that suggests that the melbourne storm consider that that year's victory to be a legitimate one uh more so because my eels <laughs> had to wait have, are still waiting for that last premiership uh, the next premiership since the 86 one you know it's just ridiculous and and as an eels fan i think i speak for all eels fans when i say i have no sympathy at all for the melbourne storm uh and and actually i'm am, am quite annoyed that that i'm seeing these things and these comments by billy slater in the media suggesting that you know, uh, well, you know, what, what are we supposed to do? Wipe those years from history? No one's suggesting that, Billy. What we're suggesting is uh, you, you, each of you keep your own individual accolades, but the reality is the team was constructed illegally. And, and what's fair is fair. You know, the, even the Eels have been busted for salary capping, but there's nothing to the level of what the Storm have done and deliberately so. And then the Storm was successful off the back of that. So... You know, this is unfortunately it happens. You know, drug cheats in in uh, in athletics get stripped of gold medals from the Olympics, and uh, you know, there's no suggestion that oh, isn't it unfair that Ben Johnson, like all all the hours he put in, Tish, to uh, to to run, like all the all those early mornings and going to the athlete. No, no, no one's suggesting that 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 wasn't that he didn't work hard no one's suggesting that obviously he worked hard but he took an unfair advantage and that's why you got punished so um i'm at the at the risk of ranting any further tish i'm going to stop talking but i'll hand over to you what are your thoughts about this am i am i le legitimate or am i um justified is the right word am i justified in ranting about this or uh you know is there another side that you can point me to that that kind of will change my mind on this what do you think yeah look <clears throat> well in terms of 
the players and their performances and what they were able to achieve as a playing group, I mean, obviously they, you know, I suppose they do have a right to be proud of what they were able to achieve in those years, right? I think there's no uh, problem with that because, you know, it wasn't they themselves who made, um, you know, the the error, right? Okay, however, <laughs> that team should not have been assembled, right? And that, you know, the, the assembling of that team and the fact that they w- went on to win, I mean, they had an unfair advantage um, because they had a, a, a team that's over the salary cap. You can't rewrite history, right? It happened, and they should be ashamed of themselves in Melbourne Storm, right? That this is what happened, and they should be ashamed of the fact that they're celebrating, or nonchalant, or I mean, I don't know, know really the right word, but like, I mean, just basically defiant of um, the ruling handed out by the governing body, um, you know, the ARL and NRL. Um, they had a chance during those years to appeal, um, to follow due process. I mean, I I can't recall what actually happened, whether they just admitted it and sort of moved on or, or what the whole story is. But it's done. It's dusted. You didn't win, right? It's as simple as that. And if you want to go out there and put on a public thing saying that you won when you didn't, when you cheated, right? This is like this is like Enron. Like all these businesses that failed because they were taking money, right, um, illegally or doing something dodgy. And then, you know, they got found out and these big com- companies crashed because they were cooking the books. Hey, that's what the Melbourne Storm did, right? I mean, they are fortunate that they still kept their license to play in the NRL, really, because it's a major, it's a major cheat. And um, you know, do I feel for the players that they don't get to celebrate one of their achievements? Yeah, I do, because I do think it's uh, very much like, uh, you know, I, I want to think like you know this the state sponsored doping program. Uh, I think it was the Russian Federation had where quite a number of their gold and silver medalists and maybe some a couple of bronze medalists, they all had to uh, hand in their medals. You know, well, I don't know if they handed in, but they're all stripped and they're not seen as Olympic champions anymore. Um, now, they themselves, a lot of them are saying that they didn't even know that that they were being doped, but it was uh, something happening in the background. So you feel very sorry for them because, you know, you you really don't know if they were knowingly cheating or not, right? You know, and, and we sort of take the benefit of the doubt that they're not. I'm sure none of the Melbourne Storm players felt that they were cheating at the time, but they were. But it's the state-sponsored thing. It's the Melbourne Storm-sponsored thing, and I think, you know, I, I think the NRL actually needs to take action against the the club, the Melbourne Storm, because, I mean, it really undermines what uh, the salary cap is all about. What the you know the the fairness that's supposed to be in the NRL is about, and. Um, it kind of undermines what the Dolphins are trying to do because the Dolphins, I mean, they they are a new club. The Melbourne Storm were one of the new clubs. They got a whole bunch of, you know, they did really well in the first few years, but then they started cheating, right? And um, whereas, you know, a team like the Dolphins who's doing something new now, I mean, uh, like, and doing well so far this season, I mean, you know, you kind of think, well, are they doing what Melbourne are doing? Because it's very hard to attract players to new clubs and things like that. Well, I mean, um, I think, you know, I kind of think that it just kind of undermines all those things and it just creates speculation for no reason. And I really think the NRL should be really uh, coming down hard on Melbourne for doing this because there was no reason to do it. I mean, typically when you do something wrong, don't you just, like, try to hide it? <laughs> right? Do you know what I mean? Like, like, you wouldn't want to celebrate it. Like, you're just flaunting it out there. 
um, and and make and basically lying. Right? You know, it's it's bad. I, I just think don't think that it should. Uh, I don't think they should be able to get away with it because it's it's not true. They didn't win. Like they're not attributed to them, and there's a reason why. You know, and then that's the same reason why you know the Russians can't keep their gold medalists because of the same sort of thing, and it happens in sport. And you know, um, you know, Alan Bond did get all of his money back, right? Uh, Christopher Skase did get you know all of his cover or whatever. You know, you're trying to get what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> once you've done something wrong and you've been found guilty, and it's it's all happened, you can't turn around and say, "Oh, it never happened." It happened. Exactly, exactly. You can't uh, turn back time. Yeah. Uh, but so you know what? Yeah. Strip them of all their points this year. Give <laughs> just, it to the West Tigers. Just... You know what? Let's, let's you know, that, that's how hard I want to go. That's how I want, you know, he's like, you know what? We're relocating Melbourne, right? We can't, we can't put up with this. Just do it. Like, I think that's what we're going to do. Oh look, I think uh, yeah. Let's not speak from emotion. Look, it's um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um yeah. Look, I, I guess that's it, to me. It just goes back to the bit that's leaving a bit of a sour taste in my mouth with all this. Is you know, after all that we've been through, after everything <laughs> that's happened, yeah, you still get one of the legends of the game, and I'm pretty sure Cam Smith would agree with this. And I think some of the comments he's made around this has sort of supported what Billy said. There's still this kind of resentment and bitterness that we deserve those victories. And so to me, it's like um, there's this word like contrition. You're not actually, you don't believe you did anything wrong mm. <laughs> when you talk like that, which which kind of tells me that there's a, there's a deeper problem there of, you know, it's all well and good to have... Um, you know, us against them, us against mm. the world kind of thing that the Bulldogs have been known for, the Queenslanders have been known for, the Storm and others, the Broncos definitely over the years, you know, it's us, everyone's out to get us kind of thing. Yeah. But when you actually believe it truly, deeply, that this is the case, then this is what you get. You get situations like this where you've, you've been cheating. It's been, by any measure, the biggest, one of the biggest scandals in sporting history in Australia and they still think, they still act like, no, we yeah. deserve those victories. Um, we will sell, in fact, we will celebrate those years as years that we won the premiership. It's like, do you not, like, read the room, guys. <laughs> this is not, this is absolutely not the right thing to be saying. Yeah. And you will get absolutely zero support from the, the, the general public yeah. about that. Um you know, it's extremely. You know, the, there's the the term that was used is you know they're bringing the game into disrepute. I, that that phrase has become used so often over the yeah. years that it's almost lost meaning. Yeah, it's and it's way more than that. Right? Like, mm. it's this is like wasn't this their second scandal as well? Like, not even their first one. <laughs> That's right. They've they've been so they're so good at scandals that that now they just deny that it even exists. Exactly. <laughs> they're just like what. What 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 titles were stripped? We have no idea what you're talking about. We're just going to put them up as we've won five premierships. Like, mm. give give me a break. That's kind of not you know. Um, yeah. So look, I I just look. I probably should yeah. end the rant, but um, well, 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 let me just clear up a few other hmm. you know beliefs out there that uh, that might have been made. So Billy Slater, the world is not flat. Okay, climate change is real. <laughs> Billy Slater. Okay. You know, vaccinations, they're a good thing, right? <laughs> right. I don't know what other crazy theories you have, 
But Melbourne Storm <laughs> did not win in 2007, 2009 because it was illegal. Yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, look, yeah, there's uh, look the flat the flat Earth thing definitely <laughs> could be brought up. Um, yeah, this they're just in denial, and it's not. It's pretty sad to see, to be honest. I, it's it's sad, but it's also it angers me because we know that as uh, yeah, <laughs> anyone who's a Neils fan will 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 agree with me. I think that this is. Uh, if anyone is going to get extremely upset about them, them wanting to reclaim those uh, stripped titles, it's it's uh, the teams that that lost out, you know, at, the, at that time. And yeah, definitely the Eels were one of them. So I think Manly was the other one. I think in two thousand seven. So, but definitely the Eels. I think that's where it all converged. That year, two thousand nine, was was the year. So, and, and given that we haven't won in a while, it's definitely uh, yeah, it's a sore point. But yeah, look. It's. Uh, I don't know. I don't look. I don't have an answer. I just wanted uh, to raise this as, uh, you know, here we go again. The storm again in denial about this. So let's keep an eye on them. And I have to say, um, you know, one thing that we have to say about the 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 big four that were there, uh, that that kind of, you know, part of the problem is that we were talking about probably the best four players of their generation, uh, apart from Jonathan Thurston, were all in the same team. <laughs> Which is yeah. which is a, a, a red flag right there about their ability to keep everyone together under a salary cap that's fair that's a fair salary cap. Um, all those players, uh, you know, what do they have in common? They're all Queenslanders, and at the moment, one of them is the Queensland coach, and the other one is uh, very much an assistant coach and a Channel Nine analyst at the moment. And and you kind of think, well, these these two in particular have been known more so than the other two, Kronk and uh, Inglis, have been known to, uh, you know, people have often called them cheats on the field as well. <laughs> so, you know, it's. I'm just saying, I'm just pointing out the facts here that we're not talking about, you know, uh, it's not like the, the goody, goody two-shoes players are the ones that have made these uh, comments suggesting that they're, they're in denial about this. It's the two that have been, constantly called the biggest grubs compared to <laughs> compared to the others and you know definitely by new south wales washman of course but um but definitely by our opposing teams as well like we've seen you know uh the the old billy slater you know feet first tackle <laughs> that was mm. banned we've seen the chicken wing etc from the the cameron smith even though he wants to deny it, and we've talked about this before um these are these are players that have actually. I don't remember Kronk coming up with a particular tackle that injured or maimed people. I don't remember Inglis necessarily getting in trouble for you know um, a particularly grub, grubby element of his game that he brought in to uh, you know injure people or or whatever or that that could could have led to injuries. Um, not so for Slater and Smith. <laughs> so I'm just saying, pointing it out there, that's all. I'm not saying that they're, they're grubs, but I'm just saying it's mm. it's interesting that these two have come out as the biggest deniers of reality when yeah. uh, they were also kind of, uh, you know, noted as uh, grubs back in their, in their time on as players. So, um, yeah. again, not buying into it. To go to the gym and uh, not bring your towel. Oh, that's the worst. The or, worst. Or, or um, you know, run near the swimming pool. Yeah, I mean, look, 
Are these the kinds of guys that when, when you're at a public restroom, they don't wash their hands and then just walk straight back out into the Westfield? Like, is it that is that what we're talking about? I don't know. Yeah. Look, all One jokes aside, I, only they're the ones that take two, right? <laughs> that's, that's it. One chopper chop at the dentist. That's it. Leave the rest for the kids. <laughs> it's for the children. Think of yeah. the children. Uh, no, look, in all jokes aside, I think, yeah, it's – um. We could go on forever, but we won't. I think let's move on to a more positive, well, maybe more positive discussion about the Panthers. Three, Pete, tackle three. Well, the Panthers are red-hot favourites to uh, to win the Premiership this year. They're the shortest odds at the moment. They're on top of the ladder, uh, equal with Brisbane, but they've also, um, you know, I think they've impressed the most with probably by far the best defence in the league. And obviously, def- big defence wins big matches and Premierships. So we, so I think it's fair to say that the the Panthers now with Ivan Cleary back, sorry, um, uh, Nathan Cleary back with. Uh, you know, um, I guess back in form, uh, and and the Panthers, you know, they, they just shut out the Sharks in the previous game. They, everything they're doing at the moment is is gearing towards a a a victory this year. And so there's been suggestions that yeah, they might actually pull off a three peat for the first time that any team has done it since the Eels in the early eighties, eighty one, eighty two, eighty three. Obviously, three in a row grand final victories. Um, no one has done it since then, so they are in the box seat to do it. Um, and and furthermore, um, uh, their former football director of football operations, Phil Gould, uh, has come out and actually made a bit of a throwaway comment saying they'll probably win. The, they'll win the you know six in a row. <laughs> like the I don't see anyone beating them, um, which has obviously led to a lot of uh, you know other teams like the Rabbitohs and and the Broncos going. Hey, hang on a minute, <laughs> we're still in it, in it to win it. Um, it's a bit too early to sort of uh, make those sort of uh, claims that that uh, that no one else can beat them, and and that's pretty much what um, the Phil Gould has said. He basically said, I can't see anyone else beating them this year. So let me put it to you. If that's the case, then we will see them winning three in a row. Um, are they that good, Tish? Uh, can you see anyone beating them come grand final or finals time? Well, um, <clears throat> yeah, look, they're going to be hard to beat. And, um, you know, I think last year we sort of, uh, at the end of last year, we were thought, well, they're losing Coruscant, they're losing Kikau, um, you know, they're sort of, Slowly draining away some of their players, and uh, but yet they've been able to uh, still kick on. You know they've lost both assistant coaches, um, one of whom is doing fantastic work at the Warriors. Um, the other one works for Phil Gould. Um, but like you know, it's it's uh, you know we thought that the dynasty might be in trouble this year, but it looks like they've been able to 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 power through a little bit, which is which is amazing. I will say that I don't think it's a lock because I think there are teams that are pretty good this year that, um, you know, are doing well. Um, And I think, you know, it's always an open sort of, you know, competition in a way. You know, the Rabbitohs, they get Latrell Mitchell back last week. Um, They they are a very dangerous team as well. Uh, You know, last year, I mean, if the Cowboys can make it, I mean, they had a phenomenal year last year. I think um, they've been able to put on a winning streak. 
who knows what the Warriors can do when they could get out there. But, look, it, it does seem like the Panthers are in the box seat. However, there is one team, and I've kind of purposely – oh, look, I mean, people also talk about the Storm. You know, I think Peppenhausen is back this week. But there is one other team that is in the top eight at the moment, which is going a little bit under radar. But I think uh, – and they haven't played finals in a few years, but I think they could do really, really well. Um, and the other point about this team is that what a lot of people don't actually realise is that they are in the box seat for the minor premiership because – they have a buy still yet, and the Panthers have got all their buys gone for the year, and that is the Brisbane Broncos. And I think the Broncos have been paying phenomenal. I think they even beat uh, Penrith in round one this year, right? Long time ago. Um, so there is uh, there is that. They also have Adam Reynolds, a winning pre- you know premier before at the at the Rabbitohs. Uh, you know, would love to win it again for Brisbane. I think that's why they. They got him, you know, so he could he could get uh, you know uh, they've got Kevin Walters who's won multiple premierships as a player and um, you know has been an Origin coach and I'm sure he'll do well and uh, they've got the whole of Queensland behind them really, um, so that I think is going to be interesting. Um, but look, you know the Panthers they they are they are the top two they've been the best team for the last three years anyway i mean they made it to the last three grand finals um and have won two um you know if they end up winning this one then it's you know four grand finals that are on you know three wins that that's that's a hell of a record that they go down as being one of the great teams right of all time and you know the thing is like because of the way they've been set up now i feel like they're a team that's going to stay on top and pretty close to the top throughout the whole, throughout their whole tenure. So, um, you know, so, but yeah, it's weird. Cause like, I mean, nobody's ever going to get to Dragons 12 in a row. I think three in a row is going to be unbelievable because, you know, Parramatta did it 1986. I don't think, I can't remember even the time before that. I think it's like, it takes forever to get there. Right. So, um, yeah, so it is going to be, uh, amazing if they could do that. But I don't think they're a, a lock. That's what I would say. So, um, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I sort of disagree. To, to, I think they are in the box seat, but I, I wouldn't say that they are. Um, I, don't, I think there are teams there that they can do them. What about your thoughts, Dr. T? Uh, yeah, look, I, I, look, I tend to agree. I think the, the thing with the Broncos is they weren't there this time last year. And so it's hard to tell mm. whether they can ha- – how are they going to handle finals footy? Um you know, at the moment with Reynolds, he's going well. But again, uh, you know, well, they've they've certainly built. You know, Reese Walsh there, Reynolds. Uh, everyone seems to be firing at the moment. Their defence, however, is not not that superb. Uh, but you know, you just got to win enough. You got to you got to score more points in your opposition. So if they've got firepower all over the place, that remains to be seen whether it can be. Uh, you know, penetrate the Panthers' defense. Um, you know, the fact that they've got such a good defense, the Panthers, compared to everyone else, really, and by far, is is the thing that uh, I guess not so much worries me, but sort of indicates to me that there is um, there's hardly anyone out there <laughs> at the moment that can challenge them. Um, I I do think there is a potential. We haven't seen the best of the Warriors. I reckon they're getting better and better, and I wonder whether, as a as a complete dark horse, we may see 
this could be the year of the Warriors at the moment. They're certainly building and building. Um, don't count out the storm. Uh, you just saw them demolish the Eels, and uh, they they've got you know that kind of delusion behind them as well that can drive them <laughs> that they think they deserve to win. And you know whatever Bellamy is doing in the background to foster this kind of us versus them mentality it seems to have worked for them on many occasions. <laughs> so Bellamy knows what he's doing. It's possible that this is all just a ploy. You know, all this controversy that we just spoke about is just a ploy to get them focused on the mission at hand. Um, but up until this point, they have not been very impressive. So look, the history of this year and the, the form at the moment really suggests that I would say only the Broncos and the Warriors have any chance at all of matching the Panthers. I don't think the others uh, are consistent enough to, to get there, but let's see what happens. Um, but, yeah, a lot of comments from – yeah, it wasn't just um, Phil Gould. It was also Wayne Bennett, I think, said there's no reason why they can't win it again. So there's a lot of, like, comments there from super coaches who know their, who know their stuff and, uh, you know, you can't you can't uh, ignore when play, uh, people of that caliber and that experience say things like that. I think they're looking at the Panthers as uh, definitely shaping as the top um, you know top team at the moment. And yeah, uh, yeah so um, do you have any final thoughts on this before we move on? Well, I think also I think it's also about how this sort of sentiment gets reported because you know Wayne Bennett coming out saying that there's no reason that they can't win it doesn't suggest that he's endorsing them, that they're going to win it. Right. And, um, uh, you know, it could also I, be I, Wayne Bennett reverse psychology. Yeah, exactly. Well. Exactly. And, and I saw something very similar, like, you know, they were like, um, you know, the headline was Latrell Mitchell. Uh, yeah. Phil Gould said Latrell Mitchell is not a big game player. Right. And then, so all Phil Gould really said is that, Oh, well, you know, he hasn't played in the big games over the last few years and he's worried about South because, you know, uh, you know, because they haven't really had great form. I mean, that's that's a very long distance from Latrell Mitchell not going to the big games, right? So I think sometimes the way these things get reported, like Wayne Bennett hasn't gone out and said, oh, the Panthers are going to win. No, he's just said that there's no reason why they can't win. <laughs> I, I told you it's reverse psychology. Yeah. He just he knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, another, well, a bit of a milestone. Tackle number four is about a player that has made the most tackles in a game in recorded history. So here we go. All right. Well, Cameron McInnes from the... Cronulla Sharks, despite the fact that their team lost 28-0, came away with an NRL record. And it, I wonder whether this is a record of all time, potentially. I don't know if it's of all time, but definitely NRL era record. Um, he has made uh, 81 tackles in that game, which, you know, puts it at, you know, at least a tackle a minute. Yeah. which is unbelievable considering you don't always have the ball. And in the fact that his team lost 28 nil suggests there were plenty of times when the Sharks didn't have the ball. <laughs> so he, he made multiple tackles. He pretty much is always there. So, um, yeah, uh, very, very big deal uh, that this is the case. I, I don't know. Like, I know we've 
I, I remember the days when, you know, a, a player making 40 tackles was considered pretty big. Yeah. Um, this is 81. This is unbelievable. And um, I don't know, th- has he been consistently doing this or I don't know what's going on, but yeah, all of a sudden, um, you know, and I guess it doesn't help that the Sharks were, were abysmal and, and probably <laughs> yeah. probably turned over the ball. And maybe, maybe, maybe that's the fact that the Panthers had a lot more possession and someone had to make the tackles and I guess it was him, but yeah, what a big deal. And so congratulations, Cameron McInnes. It's, um, yeah, a, an interesting honour. Not, I guess it's a, you know, not one that you'd want ahead of uh, winning the actual game against the the top team. But, um, but yeah, well done, Tish. Do you have any thoughts about Cameron McInnes's eighty-one tackles? Well, firstly, like I mean, uh, I saw footage of him sitting after the game, and he looked like he just uh, got out of a boxing fight. Right, he was like had blood all over his face, bruises everywhere. So I thought absolutely. Well done. He played the full 80. I think he's been a bench player mostly. And um, what I like is, um, you know, um, ha- <laughs> you know, Hamlin, Hamlin Ueli, right, uh, you know, he, he said, we got off at full time and I heard someone say 81 and I was like, is that how much position they had? And they said, no, how many tackles care made, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's so, so like, you know, he's, he's, his teammates didn't realise how many tackles he was making. Um because, you know, obviously you miss a tackle and then Cameron McGinnis comes and covers for you, right? You're sort of just, you know, disappointed in your own effort. But the Sharks' defence has been a bit questionable this year. Um, so I think, obviously, Cameron McGinnis trying to lead the team a little bit with just like, hey, man, we've got to, like, focus on our defence uh, a little bit, I think, is a good thing. So, but, yeah, just, like, obviously, you know, um, you know, they've got some issues around their defence a little bit. And I think this is what you do find with people who are top tackling out there. Um, yeah, and I think uh, to your question, I mean, I, I don't have the stats on him, but I do believe that he is one of these players that consistently is going to be the top t- uh, tackler. I think he averages above 30 per game anyway, right? So 81 is absolutely amazing. But, like, um, hopefully you could make those number of tackles uh, in a um, in a winning effort, do you get what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Oh. I think he'd swap, he'd swap this for uh, a win a, any a victory, day of the a, week. A victory, yeah, and yeah, and then sorry. The, so the comment about Ham, uh, Hamlin Ueli when when Soddy sh- shouted out eighty one, and he said, "Is that how, how much position position they had?" I think somebody had to let you know poor old uh, Braden know that um, an NRL game goes for eighty minutes, so nobody could have possession for. 81 minutes. Or or, or does he mean like percentage possession? Okay, he could make percentage. Okay, so. I'm just trying to to put it out there. Maybe that's what he meant. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, it was 60%, you know, anyway. So 81% on possession would be phenomenal. But That would be phenomenal. That would be amazing. Yeah, but um, But it would not top 81 tackles. I, I don't think. I, will we ever see the 100 tackles? Maybe in an over like extra time game, but yeah, that would be yeah out there. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on to some more serious news. So, tackle number five is about King Wally Lewis. Here we go. All 
so rugby league legend Wally Lewis uh, has revealed on the 60 Minutes show on Sunday night that he's battling a devastating neurogenerative condition. Uh, it's He's been diagnosed with, uh, quote, probable CTE, which stands for chronic traumatic encephalopathy. I think that's the way to say it, CTE. Um, it's a condition, it's a form of, it's a brain condition that's a form of dementia, and it's triggered by repeated mild traumatic brain injuries, such as those that you might suffer from contact to the head in a footy game. So we were just talking about tackles and making of so many tackles, and we, we know as well that it's especially in the last few years, um, or started, I guess, pre-COVID, there's been a much stronger focus on the the long-term damaging effects of the uh, the constant impact that players uh, are subjected to in the game of rugby league. As much as we love uh, the impact and and the, the the brutal nature of the game, it we are increasingly finding out that uh, it is having long-term effects on on players' brains, and this is one example of that. And so this is not even major trauma that causes it it's it's kind of the repeated mild it says repeated mild traumatic brain injury so this is where it's just a constant the the chronic kind of slog of playing games and not necessarily having repeated concussions and things like that but um just just the general kind of uh being battered around um in the game over many many years can cause uh, problems in the brain, uh, and that's what this CTE is. In a, it's a form of dementia. So, um, look, we we just wanted to say, you know, our hearts go out to Wally Lewis and his family. I think it's a tragedy that um, that he's received that diagnosis. I think, um, you know, we know that. I think Wally Lewis has had experiences with. He's, he's had, I think, he's had a stroke before. He's had simply he's had sort of some episodes before that have been very public, unfortunately. And so, uh, and he's not the Lone Ranger here. There are other players and other, you know, legends as well that uh, have come out with uh, their own story about how they've had some sort of brain injury as a result of their years of rugby league. And so it's uh, it's sad when anyone gets it. It's particularly uh, impactful when it's King Wally Lewis that then talks about it on 60 Minutes, a national program. Um, and and so it's definitely going to get some discussion going, uh, and, and you know, there's not much we can do about it except you know radically change the game to make it less impactful. But this is a problem, and this is a risk that that these players take at that level. Um, and yeah, obviously, when King Wally was uh, around, it was a different game. It was it was in many ways more brutal than it is now, and there was a lot more kind of high tackles and things. People got away with a lot more back then. Uh, not so much anymore, um, you know, uh, the, the, but the impact is still there. It's still a very physical, athletic game, and uh, you just can't get away from it. You can't hide in this game. And so it's a shame that Wally Lewis has had this diagnosis. Tish, do you want to um, add to what I've just said? Yeah, well, look, firstly, I mean, um, so just background on me, right? Wally Lewis, he made me cry. <laughs> as a young kid watching State of Origin, right? Because he was the enemy, right? He was the everything that Queensland was. He was the leader. Um, he was like, he was basically State of Origin. And, um, you know, as a child, you know, uh, I remember like, you know, like him winning and scoring last minutes and stuff like that. 
uh, it was bad. But then, you know, so probably didn't, you know, wasn't really fond of him much as a player. But then I've, I've seen, you know, after retirement and, um, you know, the way he's uh, commentated, the way he talks about rugby league, the way he talks about the play, I think also, um, you know, going back and seeing how great of a player he was, um, I actually really appreciated him playing for the Gold Coast after Brisbane as well, right? You know, trying to build another team up and then even being a player coach at one stage. I mean, he really has done so much for rugby league, really. And, um, and you know, every time he's had a medical sort of, uh, as you said, you know, it's, uh, you know, he's had a few, but he's not been afraid to go out there and let people know to bring awareness about these conditions and just associating his name i think is so important because it really does shine a spotlight uh you know a greater spotlight on it which he can bring through you know the status that he has in the game and i mm. really think that that's quite honorable it makes me re respect him so much more i mean he truly is the king of of rugby league and i think the fact that he uh you know is is going public with this i think it takes a lot of guts and i think well well done uh, for doing that. And, um, yeah, we really do hope that things work out well and, you know, the, uh, you know, whatever, whatever can, you know, uh, obviously our quality of life will, will, will be good. Um, and, you know, it, the burden for the family would be, uh, you know, as minimal as, as it can be in these situations, which probably, I don't know, probably, probably can't be as much, but look, I think, that uh yeah I, I just really think that 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 he's done a really great thing about just going out and letting people know because um sometimes these things get dismissed uh dismissed right like you know sometimes it's like well players which players you're talking about well you could say we're talking about wally lewis we're talking about probably the greatest player in the 80s and 90s right arguably for state of origin at least anyway right mm. <laughs> that's who we're talking about here who's suffering for this and he wasn't playing um a position that was uh you know, necessarily the, you know, the hardworking tackling and hit-up stuff. You know, he was playing a position where he was a playmaker, where he probably didn't have as many collisions as some of the other players, but yet he also is struggling through this, so we need to bring light on it. And, look, I've been guilty of this too. When we're watching the game and, you know, your your team gets accused of a head-eye tackle and you're like, that's not a head-eye tackle, or why'd you send him off, or why is he in the bin? Um I think we've got to remember that actually play safety is super important and because mm. we don't want all NRL players or even a large percentage of NRL players suffer through this, which is it looks like that's what's happening at the moment. So, uh, look, but look, I've got to say, yeah, uh, Wally Lewis, I mean, what a leader, what a man, I, you know, very, very commendable act of just, you know, going public with this. Absolutely, and it's uh, you're right. It's all about bringing his his uh, stature in the game to raise awareness about what what this is, and when no doubt there'll be conversations about what we can do about it as a community and as a rugby league community in particular. Um, all right, well, let's move on to tackle number six, which is the tips for round twenty three. So last week I got six out of eight. You got four out of eight. So I'm slowly catching up. I'm still four behind you though. I'm on 97. You're on 101. Uh, moving into round 23, we've got the Roosters and Manly at Thursday night 
uh, at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Um, I am. Uh, I think I'm going to tip Manly for this one. How about you? Yeah. Look, um, I'm going to tip Manly. I think um, you know, still with the shot in the final, I think they're going to really have to win this game. Titans fresh off a win against the Cowboys, up against the New Zealand Warriors at Seabus Super Stadium. I'm tipping the Warriors. Yeah, I'm tipping the um, Warriors as well, actually. Um, I think, yeah, uh, coming off a bye, even though the Titans played well last week. Panthers versus Storm, Friday, 8pm at Bluebet Stadium. I am tipping the Panthers. I'm going to tip... Oh, no, I'm going to tip the Storm, okay? All right, let's do it. What? Perhaps he's back. Perhaps he's back. This is... uh, So I think they're going to try and uh, upset some feathers. Siege mentality. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Cowboys Broncos at Queensland Country Bank Stadium at 3 p.m. on Saturday. Um, Yeah. Interesting one. Uh, This seems to favour the Cowboys in terms of their home turf, but I think the Broncos, this is where they have to step up, and I think they will. So Broncos to win this uh, derby of sorts. Yeah, I think it's going to go into extra time uh, after a, uh, you know, Chad Townsend sideline conversion. (laughs) <laughs> and, um, you know, so I'm going to hit the Cowboys. Uh, but these games, this is one of the great games to watch, right? Um, these two going at it. All right. Uh, Dolphins and Knights are playing at Saturday Twilight at Optus Stadium. Um, or is it a double? In fact, it's a double header. This is the Perth double header, is it? Dolphins, Newcastle, and then Saint, uh, the, the Rabbitohs and Sharks. But let's go Dolphins, Newcastle first. I oh, this is going to be a good one, but I think I'm tipping the Knights on this one. Yeah, I, I will say that. Um, yeah, I'm going to tip the Knights as well. I think the Knights are, are, are running into some form there. And Rabbitohs Sharks, I'm tipping the Rabbitohs. Yeah, I'm going to stick to the Rabbitohs. Oh no, you know what? I'm going to go. For, oh no, I'll go for the Rabbitohs. I'll, I Rabbitohs. That's it. <laughs> they they away, both of these teams haven't been setting the world on fire, but I think the Rabbitohs are, are a bit, bit doing a bit better. I wonder if you're going to hesitate on this one. Eels versus Dragons, <laughs> a Sunday 2 p.m. at Combank Stadium. I'm tipping the Eels. Yeah, I'm tipping the Eels too. They need this. That's an easy. All right, this one. Raiders versus Tigers, Sunday 4 o'clock at Geo <laughs> Stadium. Okay. Uh, I think the Raiders will win this one. Apologies in advance. Yeah, look... I'm going to tip the Raiders as well, but I would like a I would like them to test the crossbar. <laughs> the hard crossbar. Benny Lice is going to be shipped over there straight away to sort this out. <laughs> That's right. All right, and I obviously the Bulldogs. Personally inspect them. <laughs> That's right. He'll he'll check it. Uh, the Bulldogs with the buy, so they get the two points. Good on your Bulldogs. Um, and that's it. That's it for this episode of the the Rugby League Republic. Uh, Tish, over to you to wrap this one up. Well, thank you, Dr. Taylor, to thank everybody for listening. But that's all the time that we have for this edition of the Rugby League Republic. We are are your hosts, Tish and Dr. T. Join us next time on the Rugby League Republic. Bye for now.